Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life. Encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. What would inspire a woman who works as a producer and production manager in media to write a children's book? Why did she center her theme on the words, I love you? How did her book take form, and in what ways is the story influencing children? This is the story of Tasha Babers, who found her passion in the realm of communications emergent from her faith in God that anchors, guides, and empowers her. We pause here to remind you the reason we have the Good Life program, well, dear friend, is to share how the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong, so strong that he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried, yes, but three days later, he rose again from the grave, offering God's hope, a hope that Tasha Babers knows very well, and a hope that uh, we pray Dear one, if you have not opened your heart to Christ, that you would receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And if you already know the Lord, are walking with Him, you're going to be encouraged today. Tasha Babers is the segment producer and production manager at Blue Duck Media Incorporated. She's also the author of the children's book, When You Say I Love You, illustrated by Moran Rador. Tasha earned her bachelor's degree in global communications with a minor in media formats from Bowling Green State University. Her master's degree is in television, radio, and film with a sports communications emphasis from the S.I. Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Tasha, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. Wow, that intro. It's like, wow, okay. <laughs> Long intro, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this is th- great. Thanks for joining us from Los Angeles. And congratulations on your new book, When You Say I Love You. Tasha, where did you grow up? Mm-hmm. So I have a little bit of a unique background. I'm not from a specific place. My dad actually coaches football. So we would move every two or three years on average to different, you know, college towns throughout the United States. So I grew up all over the United States. When I was little, we lived in Arizona. We lived in Indiana, Texas, California, Pennsylvania, um, Ohio. So we just would move around and bounce around from state to state. So yeah, didn't grow up in a specific area, but it was nice because I have three sisters. So I had like a community moving with me at least while I moved. (laughs) In a moment of reflection, you were shaped by these moves. What happened in you in the process? 
There's plus and minuses to moving. Um, one of the advantages from moving would be, you know, I got to experience so many different types of people in different places and learn, you know, you're always the new kid. So you're always adjusting to new friend groups and new dynamics and new, I grew up playing sports. So new sports teams, trying out for new teams. Um, but when I was younger, actually, I, my parents would say, oh, Tasha, like every time they would say we're moving, I would just break down, like cry and sob all night. And they're like, Tasha's always the first to break down. And like, she's always the first to make friends. Right. And that was, so it was like really affecting me when I was younger, when we were moving, I was very, very sad. And I remember, I don't know what age I was, but I told myself, I was like, I'm never getting connected to a place or friends again, because it's too painful to keep moving like this. And so I would say that would one of the negatives as I'm looking back now that I'm older is that, um, yeah, I, I got good at moving and leaving people and friend groups and I got good at it because I wasn't, you know, giving my full self or connecting to friends. Like I would be a friend to a certain extent, but in the back of my mind, I knew, Oh, I'm going to leave. So just be prepared to leave. And so I think now that I'm older relearning, like, okay, I'm here in LA, you can invest in LA, invest in friend groups. Like you're not going to leave this friend group. Like you can, you know, invest deeply with people. So yeah, one of the negative side effects would definitely be cutting myself off a little bit vulnerably with people because I knew I was going to leave eventually. With, with that in mind, who would you say influenced you most? in your growing up years? Mm -hmm. I, my family, definitely. Like when I think about this question, it's not a specific person. It's my sisters really influenced and shaped who I am. My parents did. My mom, such a giver and would like give herself fully into things that we are passionate about. Um, Both my parents, they they would let us into the family decisions, even though we were children. So that like made me learn I had autonomy over my life. Like I have choices. Um, I could choose to do this sport. I could choose to do this activity. They never like pushed us into one thing or another. Um, yeah. So I'd say different things and different people, but especially my family, because that was like my x factor right like that was my one constant that wasn't changing and so they were my number one influence growing up for sure my dad like work ethic he works really long hour days and he always told us i never feel like i've worked a day in my life and so that always encouraged us to find something we were passionate about you know and my mom she ended up being a stay-at-home mom but she said i've always wanted to be a mom this is what i'm passionate about so it encouraged me and my sisters to definitely find things that we're passionate about and make make it work instead of the other way around. Coach Dino and Susan Babers, your parents, and sisters Brianna, Jasmine, and Paris, your, your faith journey in relation to the, the close-knit family that you have, that you grew up in, learning autonomy, sharing your input, even in big family decisions growing up. How did you become a Christian? Mm-hmm. 
I, this is a bit of a longer story, but I'll try to summarize it down. But, um, you know, in America, we went to church ever so often, you know, Easter holidays, but it wasn't like a regular consistent thing. Like we weren't reading the Bible, talking about our faith. Um, when we moved to Texas, when we were younger, my dad had, a like a spiritual experience and encounter with, um, like he had a car accident and he almost like hit this semi and someone came up to him and said, are you a Christian? And my dad's like, why? And he's like, cause you're supposed to be dead. Like I saw just what happened. And I think that really shook my father. He, you know, was reminded why he was here on earth. He started going to church regularly, but on his own. Um, and he told us this day, like that the Lord told him once he, you know, stepped fully, like, surrendered to the Lord that his family would shortly follow. And that did end up happening. Like all me and my sisters, like we've all had like different moments where we had our own personal encounters with the Lord, but I would say that kind of set it off. Um, yeah. So when I was in Texas too, we had this moving rule where if someone invited us somewhere, we had to say yes, the first like five months or something. So we don't cut ourselves off to like new experiences and friends. Um, and someone invited me to church. And so because of the yes rule, I had to go to church with them <laughs> and just to make friends. Right. So I was just going to like make friends really. And, but that's where I was like first introduced to the Lord, but I was in high school at that point. So I was going to church, but I was partying. Um, it was more a cultural thing for me. It wasn't a personal relationship and it wasn't until college where I you know, was still partying with my friends I and going to church. But in college, I felt like it started to feel like separate, right? Like my party friends weren't my church friends. So I felt like I was wearing, like living this dynamic two-person life. And I remember one of the sermons I was listening to in college said, um, like, you would know if you gave your life fully to the Lord, like everything would be different. You would know. And I just remember sitting there thinking, I was like, nothing is different. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, I'm living the same life I've always lived. And during that message, I left and I went to the bathroom and I was like, Lord, like, fine. Like, I'll follow you. Like, I'll give you everything. And I'm like crying in the bathroom. And I just feel like, you know, the spirit come upon me. Like, I just felt different. And I would say that was like, my full surrender moment, which is so humbling because like Jesus met me in one of the dirtiest places, right? A bathroom that's just his character. Like he'll just meet you in those places. Um, and then from then on, I was just in the word all the time. Like I was reading, I shortly, I felt, I had dreams from the Lord. Like I was supposed to go to New Zealand and I ended up doing youth with a mission. Um, but one of my one of my favorite stories is when before I left for Youth with a Mission, I was telling my parents like, hey, I'm going to take a semester off from college and move and do this missionary organization. And they're like, my mom's like, you're going to be a missionary like you haven't even read the Bible. Like, what do you think a missionary is? Right. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. And so I just started reading the Bible and I was in Acts. And one of the things in Acts said, like, I was learning about the Holy Spirit and I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. And I was like, God, um, let, like, how do I know if I have the Holy Spirit? And in Acts, it was like, the Holy Spirit will come upon you like a wind. 
And after I read that, I took a nap and I had a dream. And in the dream, I was at a church and people were laying hands on me. And they said, Lord, like, let her know the spirit is with her. Let her know she has your spirit. And I woke up from the dream and immediately in the room that I'm in, a huge like wind rushes through the room and it scares me. And I'm like trembling on my bed, like what just happened? Like, but it felt really peaceful, but you know, immediately we're like, this isn't real, right? Like our brain or flesh starts telling us this, like I'm checking air vents. I'm making sure my window wasn't open. Like window was closed, air vents were closed. And I was like, and I looked down at my Bible and I remember I read the same verse, like the Holy Spirit will come upon you like a wind. And I just feel like that was like Jesus being generous, like you have the Holy Spirit, like it's okay. You might not know everything you're going to learn. And then shortly after that, um, I left for New Zealand and did YWAM. And that's why I learned like how to hear the voice of the Lord, how to pray, um, the importance of community and, you know, calling and what we're here for and that life is but a mist. So you know, life is short and yeah, came back, finished college. And from there, like the Lord gave me a couple more dreams and it's been a journey ever since, but it's been a good journey. You're listening to Tasha Babers, Tasha, well, sharing about her experiences with Youth With A Mission, YWAM, experiences in New Zealand, hearing the Lord, feeling the Lord through a rushing wind that blew through her room after receiving a dream. Tasha is the segment producer and production manager at Blue Duck Media. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about her her perspectives, how her faith has shaped her perspectives on life and work. She's the author of a children's book, When You Say I Love You. You can find out more about Tasha Tasha Babers on Instagram at Tasha Babers. More heart to heart with you, dear friend. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. What can we learn about evangelism? Danny Yamashiro here. Rebecca Manley Pippert wrote in her book, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. I once asked a woman if she felt comfortable about evangelism. Oh yes, she responded. I do it twice a week. Somehow it sounded more like taking multiple vitamins. Evangelism isn't just something you do out there and then get back to normal living. Evangelism involves taking people seriously, getting across to their island of concerns and needs, and then sharing Christ as Lord in the context of our natural living situations. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny. 
a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Tasha Babers has served as videographer editor for Surfing the Nations and in communications as an intern for Hope Chapel Kihei's Food for the Hungry on Maui. In addition to her work with YWAM in New Zealand, she's been a production assistant for CBS, the program SWAT, and formerly worked for American High Productions, Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse, ESPN, ACC, and Brand Ambassadors Incorporated. Tasha, with all this background and information and your experiences that blend communications and even your Christian commitment, how has your faith influence your perspectives on work? Mm-hmm. I think it was interesting for me working for a church. I think it was like a really good experience, but it wasn't necessarily what I was called to or my heart because I just wanted to be around people who don't know Jesus and you know have those conversation and be in those rooms with them. Um, so yeah, I think my perspective of work is since I did do some missionary work, it's our work is our mission field. Right. And so I think a lot of people in the church get confused because they'll support missionaries and then, you know, they'll think, oh, those are pastors. Those are like, you know, student teachers for kids or whatever it is. And they don't see, you know, the lawyers, the doctors, um, you know, the person working at the grocery store, they kind of like remove that from their life. But yeah, I just think knowing and learning my perspective is that your work is your mission field and you can like incorporate Jesus and whatever he's called you to do, right? Jesus was a carpenter and that's part of his ministry as well. So yeah, just knowing that I think has helped me um, listen to the Lord and like where he wants me to go for a job. You're your passion for communications. When did you discover that passion? Mm-hmm. I, I've always loved storytelling. And when I was a little girl, I would like read poems a lot. I would write poems. I loved stories. Um, we would make movies as kids, like, and we would act in them and think of ideas. And so storytelling and the power of storytelling that it has to like affect people, whether it's when we were kids, we were making adults laugh um, or poems. It was expressing how someone feels and someone else can relate to it. So I've just loved the power of story. And then even becoming becoming a Christian later in my life, learning that Jesus was the ultimate storyteller and he'd use stories and um, parables to help and teach. And so people could relate and make changes in their lives. And yeah, I've just always loved the power of storytelling. So it doesn't, I've always said it doesn't matter necessarily what I'm doing as long as I'm working with people and telling stories. So you did work in communications at Bowling Green State, and then you went on mm-hmm. to Syracuse to get your master's degree. Looking back, what is one of the memorable lessons from Bowling Green that you feel equipped you for your career? Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, One of the things at Bowling Green, and I went to Eastern Illinois and also transferred to Bowling Green, but I was a journalism major initially, and I was working for a local PBS station. 
And, you know, we are doing videography and writing stories. And I love the journal journalism aspect, but we would journalism, as you know, and the news is a lot of reporting of negative things. And so I remember one time the mayor had a heart attack and I was new there. So they didn't have like one of their, you know, reporters that they usually would have go. So they sent me. So this is my first time like reporting and I had a videographer and I'm reporting one of the women who tried to like resuscitate him as he's having a heart attack before the ambulance came. And I'm like asking her questions and she just starts crying. And then someone comes over and comforts her. And while she's comforting her, I'm just holding a microphone in front of her. And in that moment, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't, you know, extract stories from people without comforting them or being there for them. So I think the biggest thing in my undergrad is learning that um, I don't want to be involved with storytelling that has like these negative attributes where you're extracting stories and just getting something out of them. Like, yes, bad things and suffering happens, but I also want to be able to talk to someone in order that they feel comforted and not exposed. And so I think that was my main learning experience in undergrad that helped me shift and switch the career path that I was aiming for when I was in graduate school. Well, that's really deep. I mean, because you're talking about the human experience, right? The hu- human experience, someone going through uh, a time indescribable, let's just call it that, and how mm-hmm. you relate with that person at that time. How do you tell that story or how not to tell the story because something triggered in your heart that wasn't right? You didn't feel that you could do it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you went to Syracuse, to study for your master's. What emerged from there that you still, you know, it's like an oasis that you go back to for your work today? Mm-hmm. Community would be the number one thing. So between undergrad and graduate school, that's when I lived in Hawaii and worked for a church and I was doing their media, but it was a lot of like one person band kind of thing. Like you would shoot, you would write, you'd edit it. Um, and you're alone most of the time. And so you miss that like creative flow of bouncing ideas off people and working in community. And I was lucky because in graduate school, we had a solid group of about eight of us, um, all really close friends. And we would have to create films together. We had studied together. And that same group of friends, you know, are now half of them are out in L.A., um, some are in New York City, but we all moved out to LA and we are still in the same group tags. We'll still check in on each other. And so the thing that I go back to Syracuse is yes, they like prepare you, you know, how to network, they teach you skills, they teach you how to write, all of these great things. But Syracuse also makes an emphasis on community. And that's been one of the best things. Like even out in LA, there's, you know, you go to a sports bar and everyone can get together. And so it's funny, like, what did you extract from graduate school? And I'm saying community, but the importance of like working together as a team and um, being there for people really helps in the working environment. And that's why I love the place I work at right now, because the culture and community is really good. And I think that's important to look for when you're looking for a place to work. I'm thinking about sacrifices in light of the community that you describe. Because 
to to get to where you are, Tasha, uh, there there must have been things that you've had to do uh, and give up even to to be and to do the things that you're doing. What were some of those sacrifices you made? Mm -hmm. I think a big sacrifice for me is just not being around family because that is the unit, you know, that traveled with me when I was younger. And now out of my immediate family, I'm the only one out in California. And, you know, my sister's having babies and I'm just like alone in my apartment, right? Like I live alone in my apartment. So I think that feels like a sacrifice to me. I do have some cousins and stuff out here and some aunts and uncles. So that's really nice. But that verse where Jesus talks about like, you like leave your mother and father and like follow me, like that hits. Like I know the Lord called me here. Um, He's confirmed it in multiple ways. And so leaving the family feels like a big sacrifice for me. Well, and you write a book though. You write a book, a children's book, when you say I love you, it's hard not to to think that and feel even that this love that you talk about emerged from your sisters, from your parents, from your growing up years, traveling from state to state. How did the inspiration come to you to write the book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so our family's really close knit. But I will say when we were younger, we did not say I love you to each other. We would show each other love, you know, with quality time, hanging out, laughing, but not so much with words of affirmation. And so um, I learned that when I got older, it was hard for me to say I love you like to my family. Now we're better at it. But um, when my friends would tell me that they love me, it was just something I had to learn like, oh, I need to express how I feel with my words. Um, And so before I wrote the book, I had a dream one night that this little girl said, I love you, you know, to a parent figure and like kind of how sound waves travel that I love you traveled out the window. And in my dream, it was traveling to all these different places. And as it traveled through all the places, things started to light up by her words. Um, And then, yeah, at the end of the dream, I saw like a full picture and everything was lit up because of this little girl's words of I love you. And when I woke up, I had a poem stuck in my head. And so I wrote down the poem in my phone and I was telling my boyfriend at the time and he's like, that sounds like a book. Like you had, you know, you had a vision of something, you had words. And then I was like, huh, I should, I should write a book about that. And so then I just started making, you know, the moves. I found an illustrator who did a really great job and talked to her about like things I saw in the dream so that she could illustrate it similar. And yeah, that's how the book came to be. And it, you know, it just makes me think like the Lord spoke and then, you know, said, let there be light. And you like breathed into Adam and stuff. And so the, the, power of our tongue like there's death and life in our words and so i think it's just important to remember that when you speak good things or express how you feel um, it's doing more in the spiritual world maybe that we even don't understand you're touching on something that is hard to touch but the impact of it is immeasurable saying a word saying a phrase like i love you 
Tasha Babers, I'm, I'm grateful for the gift that you have given and the gift that God has given us in you. When we come back, I'd like you to read the book for us, if you would. We'll talk about how it all came together and what your hopes are. Tasha Babers wrote the book, When You Say I Love You, because she had a dream of a little girl saying, I love you, and it lit up the entire world. She decided to make her dream into a children's book because it shows the power of one's voice. Tasha says, say I love you to someone today. Hey, stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life, famously beneath the barren sky. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. The Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through The Good Life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team. Each month, you will receive a letter updating you on some of the behind-the-scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Yes, Tasha Baber's book, When You Say I Love You, it's available on Amazon and book distributors everywhere. You can find out more about her on Instagram at Tasha Baber's Again, when you say, I love you, Tasha, what were your hopes in writing your book, When You Say, I Love You? Mm -hmm. Um, My hopes is that kids aren't afraid to express how they feel, right? Even with their words, like just to know that I think a lot of times when kids say things, parents or adults, we tend to disregard or like, oh, go play, or we don't really take in you know, things that they say, but Jesus is like, unless you become like little children, you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so I just love kids. I love that they're so free to play and dance and speak. And so I just hope that any kids that are being read this book or read this book, just know that their voice is important and the importance of yeah, saying good things and expressing and telling people that you love them if you love them. Some of the other themes you talk about lighting up the world, speaking the power of the word, the words that we share, you tie them together while they emerge from your your faith, your faith in Christ. Will you read the story for us or at least a part of the story for us and, and share a little bit more uh, in terms of the idea of what you and illustrator Moran Radur were hoping to convey to the children and to anyone who reads it. I was encouraged as I read it. Of course. Yeah, so I can start on the first page. 
And then the poem starts, when you say I love you, it never ever dies. It goes out the window and into the beautiful bright sky. Um, and in that picture, for those who are just listening, it's just um, the illustrator who did a great job, Moran, she um, made I love you kind of look like whimsical and it's like traveling throughout the window to make it look like it's lit up. Um, and then the next page says, up into the stars and once around the moon, throughout the galaxy it goes, twists and turns and zooms. When you say I love you, it comes back down through the clouds and likes to ride the wind. As it travels east and west, it also helps some friends. The clouds begin to rain and your I love you trickles down. Then it goes into the ocean and surfs the waves renowned. When you say I love you, the sea creatures play, swim, and splash around. They feel I love you in the water and happiness abounds. So then we have the creatures playing and then I love you is all in the water and it's all lit up and it was coming down through the rain and in the ocean and the birds. And then the next page says, then the sun comes out and lifts I love you from the depths. It travels around the mountains and waits for someone's breath. When you say I love you, it floats in the air and someone breathes it in, then exhales your I love you and it begins again. The trees take in the breath and into the root I love you goes. It helps the trees get big and strong, then tall and tall they grow. When you say I love you, the growing trees make colorful fruit and the animals come to eat. They gather around and eat your I love you. They find it very yummy and sweet. So then on this page, you can see, you know, the trees and then the animals and everything's really lit up. Um, there's some fairies in the trees, which are fun. And then the last page pink, is, pink, you pink know, bunnies. Yes, there's also some bunnies. <laughs> um, and then the last page is just all the elements from the pages. So you have, you know, the sky raining, the mountains, the trees, the animals, um, the little boy breathing it in, the waves, the dolphins. Um, and then the little girl who said it initially is looking out the window at, you know, what her voice did. And then the last page says, now I love you is in the stars, the ocean and animals. It's true that love is all around when you say, and then the next page says, I love you. And then we have the mother figure saying it back to the little oh. girl. So, yeah. And that's the book. And each page is, you know, really illustrated beautifully. And it's, it's a quick, fun little read, but it's a good reminder of, you know, the importance of saying I love you to those that you love. I take a deep breath and exhale because there's just a refreshment, a joy, among places that you've read your book, the Book Jewel Store in Los Angeles, Carl mm -hmm. Sandburg Elementary School in Charleston, Illinois. In fact, they, they wrote about you. It's a great message about using your voice to spread kindness. Tasha, when you read at the Book Jewel or at Carl Sandburg and other places, how did you feel? Mm -hmm. Well, one, I felt nervous. <laughs> <laughs> So, but then after the nerves um, and reading it, it feels really cool. You know, like it feels cool to create something and then have people experience something that you created. You know, 
I don't know. That's that's really cool. That's how God feels. He created us and then he gets to experience us and we have the power to create things as well. So it's fun letting people in and sharing that story. Um, and even the kids who like will come up to you after and like ask you to sign their book. It's just so cute. Or um, even an adult came up and was like, that's so cool. You had a dream and turn it into something. I have a dream to do this. And so then we're talking about dreams and like just going for it and not being afraid to fail. And so, yeah, a lot of different themes come up when I was reading, but initially I felt nervous and then I felt inspired by the people who were telling me that they were inspired. And so that's a cool reciprocal feeling. Tasha, why, why is the power of one's voice? Again, why is the power of, of one's voice so important to you? Mm-hmm. especially in this context. Today. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to me because I'm learning the importance of it. And w- one of the verses that sticks out to me is like, they will know your love or you'll overcome by the power of your testimony. And I think a lot of people will listen to other people's stories, but not necessarily share their own or tell a story that they want to tell. And it's so important because I've been impacted by stories I've heard and or people's experience with God. Like I get inspired and then I want to pray like that or I want to experience the Lord like that. And yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of people are afraid to say things because it feels like a mimic or someone's already done this or why would I start a podcast or why would I start a blog or a YouTube or something? Because it's so saturated right now, but it's not saturated with them. Like it's not saturated with you. You have your own personal experiences. You know, you have something to bring to the table that's unique and different from everyone else. And so just recognizing that, you know, your voice is important and to use it and God's given you ideas and dreams in your hearts for a reason. And so, yeah, it's just important, I think, for everyone to recognize that um, they have the power to give life to people, and so they need to share, right? You shared. I, I listened to a. It was called a a podcast, and oh. <laughs> you were with a few other friends. And you, you said that when you were a child, you had a a poster of a, a person named Lizzie McGuire. so what was it about lizzie mcguire i'm still i'm still on the topic of voice Mm -hmm. because i I wonder what what emerged at that young age but why lizzie mcguire what was it about her and her character that inspired you Mm -hmm. that's so funny that you listen to that that was like that was a really funny podcast with friends um yeah i Lizzie McGuire, Disney age, 90s kids. Yes, I had her and Mary-Kate and Ashley on my wall, which is funny. But I think with Lizzie, she was also a singer. So it was like one of those Disney Channel actresses, Hilary Duff, that also released music. And in she had a CD, her Metamorphosis CD, for anyone who remembers that. And all the songs were so good. And she like one of the songs was saying, like, let it rain, like, express how you feel or another one was talking about like changes and how um you know that affects you and so 
Yeah, I, I think I looked up to her because she was just doing her thing. And I was like, one day I want to do my thing. You know, I think that's probably the root of it. Also, I just thought, you know, her outfits were cute and stuff. So, <laughs> well, Tasha Babers, you are doing your thing. Any upcoming projects that you're working on, you know, in production at this mm-hmm. time that you're able to speak yeah. about? Yeah. Um, we do. I mean, with work, we have a lot of like different sports podcasts and sports stories coming out. Um, but side projects for me is I'm collecting stories to actually start a podcast as well. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be called the author of life, but I'm not sure yet on titles. Um, but it's going to go along with that first of like, you'll overcome by the power of your testimony. And so I'm just, just going to be quick little stories of every ordinary people, everyday people, um, telling little testimonies of how the Lord worked through them uh, that day or different little miracles with finances, relationships, marriages, um, so that, you know, everyone can be encouraged to share their stories with other people. That sounds really, really exciting to to think that you're going to get more of your voice out and also provide a platform for others, right? So that others can can share their stories as well. Yeah, Yep, that's the goal. So that's the new that's the new thing in works. We'll see how it goes. When you say I love you, it's a book written by Tasha Babers. You can get it on Amazon and book distributors virtually everywhere. You can find out more about her on Instagram at Tasha Babers. This book, the colors, the illustrations are are just captivating and I encourage you to Purchase, share, read it, be encouraged, especially as you hear a little bit more deeply of where this story, this poem, this book emerged. When we come back in our final segment, maybe a a time of prayer with Tasha, perhaps a time to encourage you, dear one, as you've listened. You know, in time, you, you begin to feel like you at least... At least get to know someone a little bit, maybe a higher level of comfort as they share with you. The Lord knows where you are at this particular time in your life, and the Lord loves you and cares, and He says, I love you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny. 
a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Tasha Babers dedicates her book, When You Say I Love You, for those who dream of dragons, fairies, and kings, and know the world is not as it seems, but instead is a wild and beautiful thing. You can get her book on Amazon, When You Say I Love You, by Tasha Babers, illustrated by Moran Rudur. Find out more about Tasha at Instagram, at Tasha Babers. If you're tuning in right now or maybe just caught the tail end of that last segment, you can get this program in its entirety. Just go to drdanny.live. This program available on Apple, Spotify, and major podcast platforms. Tasha, how has the Lord helped you, let's say recently, through difficult times? Difficult times is hard, right? I had a couple of really hard months, November and December. Um, My grandma passed away. I ended up getting COVID, couldn't go to her funeral. Just like like hard things were happening with my friends and like a couple of them were going through divorce and stuff. So it was just hard times. And I think bringing it to the Lord helps, right? Like when you feel alone, um, like not running to other things, but running to him first, even though if you're angry with him, like, or sad or confused, what's helped me the most with challenging time is like bringing that to him. Like, Lord, I don't feel loved right now. Why am I going through this? Why? And him then, because, you know, he, you leave space for him to move. And so then the Holy Spirit can comfort you, you know, and also obviously through challenging times, I've been learning to open yourself up to your friends and be vulnerable with them or call somebody and tell them when you need help or you need someone to talk to you instead of trying to do it on your own, on your own. Like we were commit, like made for connection and um, yeah. So leaning and asking people for help when you need help is really important because God gives us community. And so I would say challenging times going to him first um, and reaching out to other people for help because everyone has had hard times or they're going through hard times, right? So um, it's comforting when your friends show up for you and are there for you. You're a a person who's, you love to collaborate. You're around friends. You invest in friendship. What if someone's listening today and they, they, they can't really think of, when it comes to the really rough moment, a kind of moment like you're describing. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone who who says to themselves, "I don't know who to call"? What then? Yeah. What would you say, Tasha? I would say pray. Um, even if you don't have someone to call, and even though you feel like God's not close, He's close, and He's even more near to the brokenhearted. It says in the Bible, and so. Um, pray and talk to him. Jesus is our best friend, right? And so just going to him for things. And then in that moment, even asking him, who can I call? I don't feel like there's anyone can I call. Lord, can you reveal to me someone I can call? Can you send me encouragement where I can recognize it? And, you know, that's just the best way. Like I, I can't say who or what this person should call if they're going through a hard time, but the Lord can say, and so just listening and being aware um, 
because he'll lead and direct us and help us when we need help. So, but that's hard. And if, if you don't have anyone to call and, you know, the Lord reveals someone you can call or really reveals someone that can encourage you, um, then it's good to know that when you do come out of that moment that you realize, wow, and f- friendship is really important. And that's something that I'm realizing this year, like my new year's resolution was like, invest more in friendships because when you hit those hard times, like we need people. And so even though it's uncomfortable to go to a community group or put yourself out there and join a club or something, um, just pick up the phone and call. You never know what someone's going through. And if someone's on the opposite side, if someone is placed on your heart, you know, they might be going through something hard. So sending a voice memo or text, you know, can be someone's prayer for help. So going both ways, I would say that. Even if it's a risk to send that voicemail, a risk to send that text, or, or maybe a could be a gift, could be something would you say just take that step and do it anyway? I would, yeah. I would. I've had moments where I did not want to write an encouraging note and I did not want it because of how I would look, right? Like, oh, they're going to think I'm crazy or, oh, they're going to, I don't know, not take this the right way. And that is just fear of man. We rebuke that. Like mm. if the if you feel like the Lord's asking you to do something, the best way to know if it's God is to do it, right? And that's how you learn and keep following his voice and recognizing what's his voice versus what's your own voice, but also what you're here for, right? Are you here to serve and glorify yourself and worry about your own self-image? Because we're made in God's image. So if God's telling you to something, we don't have to protect his reputation. We just have to be obedient to what he wants us to do. Oh, such a such a strong and and good and, and timely word, Tasha. A, a prayer. Would you pray for this 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 dear dear one that's listening to us talk, listening to you share, but they're going through this really rough time. Would you pray for them? Yeah. Please. Uh, Jesus, yeah, we just pray for anyone who's listening, God, who is going through a hard time, Lord, who doesn't know who they can call or who they can pray for, Lord. We just pray that maybe this is what they're listening for. Maybe this is the prayer, God, that they need. And so we just cover them, Lord, with prayer. God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit comforts them. We pray that you reveal to them in dreams or clarity or Bible verses or visions, God, things that you want to communicate with them that um, in this moment of despair and grief and brokenheartedness, God, that you are so close and it might not feel like it in the moment, God, but we just pray that um, they stay strong and know that you're close. And God, if there's anything that you know, they feel like they're about to do, God, that's like out of step with you, or just they feel like they have no choice and have to do this, God, we just pray that um, you take them back and you hold them close and, um, you know, sorrow may last for a night, but joy may like will come in the morning. And if it doesn't come in the morning, God is still there and God is still good and just cling cling on and hold tight, you know, Jesus had suffering too, so he knows what suffering feels like. So take comfort that um, 
he doesn't not know suffering. He knows heartache and heart grief and suffering. Um, but take heart because he's overcome the world. And so we just pray for anyone hurting, Lord, that um, you hold them close and that you comfort them and that your peace and love washes over them. And they're just able to release and bring forth any emotion that they're feeling um, at your feet, God. Um, we just thank you for anyone listening. And we pray that there's always hope. It might not feel like there's always hope, but there's always a little bit of hope and that they learn to find that and search for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen, Tasha. Tasha, I appreciate your your heart, your words. Uh, you are a bringer of, of God's hope, Christ's hope. So thank you for being with us and for sharing today. Of course. Yeah, thanks for having me. Gracious and life-giving words from Tasha Babers on Instagram at Tasha Babers. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, I believe this may be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps and find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major platforms. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Tasha Babers on Instagram at Tasha Babers. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.